Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. CannabisRadio.com presents Grassroots Marketing on Location, featuring exclusive one-on-one interviews with those impacting and evolving the cannabis industry. Hi, this is Adrian Collum reporting for CannabisRadio.com from the Cannabinoid 2019 conference in Berlin, Germany, hosted by the International Association for Cannabinoid Medicines. I'm speaking with Professor Dr. Kirsten Müller-Wahl, a specialist in neurology and psychiatry at Hanover Medical School and chairwoman of the ISEM. Thanks for joining us on CannabisRadio.com, Dr. Miller-Val. I wanted to ask you um, about this paper that you delivered, the ABX1431 EC modulator that ties into your Tourette's research. What can you tell us about that paper? I understand it was a, a bit of a breakthrough. Yes, exactly, because it was the first trial that was completed in a group of patients with this new compound. It's a meglipase inhibitor. So it's a new strategy to stimulate the endocannabinoid system by um, increasing the levels of 2-HG in the brain. Okay, this was the first time that the endocannabinoid system has been tied to ticks in Tourette? No, this is not the first time. Um, This study was motivated by our recent work um, there's since, I, I guess now it's about 30 years, there's some clinical evidence that um, different cannabinoids and cannabis-based medicine may improve symptoms in patients suffering from Tourette's. The main and typical characteristic of Tourette patients are tics, involuntary movements and vocalizations. Mm-hmm. We call it motor tics and vocal tics. Yeah. And there's some evidence that um, cannabis, cannabis extracts, but also pure THC may improve this specific symptom of patients suffering from Tourette's. All these um, case reports and case series also give some information that perhaps in addition psychiatric comorbidities may improve by using cannabinoids in Tourette's. And this is something that is completely new because Currently, we use antipsychotics to treat patients suffering from ticks and Tourette's, and this is a specific treatment only for ticks. And um, the evidence that comes from these open, uncontrolled studies suggests that cannabinoids may improve not only one symptom, the ticks, but the whole spectrum that is associated with this disorder. And therefore, it would open a completely new treatment strategy. In addition, we have data from two small um, randomized control trials using pure THC in Tourette's, 
Um, these studies have been done in my lab um, several years ago, and there we, we were able to demonstrate that indeed ticks decreased in the small clinical trials, and this was the data that motivated us and the company behind this substance. It's a small startup in the U.S. called Evite um, to start with this MacLipase inhibitor in Tourette's. Okay, fantastic. Now, is this ABX1431 endocannabinoid modulator, is it increasing anandamide or is it increasing 2-AG or decreasing either of those? Does it work more like a THC or a CBD? So it's a, um, it's a specific meglipase inhibitor. Yes. It does nothing else as far as we know sure. for today. And therefore the um, specific um, mechanism is to increase only levels of 2-HD. It's not a far inhibitor. It does not increase levels of anandamide. And in addition, and this seems to be very specific for this compound, it um, increases levels of 2-HD only in those um, receptors and synapses that are already activated. And therefore, it's a very specific mechanism, and this is completely different from using exocannabinoids because okay. they act, act at all cannabinoid receptors, whether they activate it or not. And therefore, this is a completely new mechanism. What we do not know at the moment whether this specificity is good or not. So this is something we have to find out um, in our clinical trials. Okay, and you've got clinical trials coming up for this? Yes, so we completed this um, phase 1B study already. Um, it was a single-dose trial, so um, safety was a huge huge issue in this clinical trial and um, we included 20 patients. It was a single center trial only at our university in Hannover and thereafter the company decided because of this promising results um, to start a phase two study. Um, this was a multi-center trial and um, recruitment is already completed. Um, 51 patients have been included, not only in Germany, but also in other countries like Poland and Spain. Okay. And recruitment was completed only four weeks ago. It's, it's an early phase two study. Okay. Um, safety is always a huge oh, okay. issue. Yes. And uh, we await the results for the beginning of next year. Okay. And in the meantime, this company, Evite, um, was acquired by Lundbeck, okay. a large pharmaceutical company. And they are very much interested in this, and they do everything to have the data as soon as possible. Okay. And then we have to see how to proceed. Sure, but it is possible that um, successful results would lead to an efficacy study, yes. maybe yes. next or further exactly. down the line? Exactly. Okay, that's fantastic. Uh, with the aim of releasing a uh, medicine to the market, this company exactly. is obviously sponsoring exactly. for. Okay, I saw something fascinating in your results that increased 2-AG in the brains of the patients with comorbid uh, Tourette tics and ADHD correlated with the level of ADHD symptoms. I was wondering if you could elaborate on that for us. It's uh, really interesting. Yeah, so besides the clinical effects of um, exocannabinoids and cannabinoid modulators in patients suffering from Tourette's, I'm very much interested in whether there's a kind of a dysfunction in the endocannabinoid system in Tourette's and this might explain 
why these substances are effective. And um, therefore we did a study where we examined um, levels of um, endocannabinoids in CSF in patients suffering from Tourette's. Mm -hmm. um, this was a study where we included 20 patients and we compared um, endocannabinoid levels in CSF with levels um, in a control group. And what we found was indeed that um, both endocannabinoids, 2-AG and enandamide, were increased and also um, their metabolites. And we found a correlation with um, comorbid ADHD. So this is preliminary data, of course, sure. and um, the group of patients with comorbid ADHD was quite small. But again, it suggests that there is a dysfunction in Tourette's, although we do not know whether this is the primary cause or secondary or compensatory mechanism, but it makes clear that there are indeed some well-known neuropsychiatric disorders where there's a dysregulation or dysfunction in the endocannabinoid system. And I myself find this very interesting because it gives us some more reasons to proceed with the clinical trials to try to compensate this dysfunction um, and perhaps in the end it does not only improve symptoms but it really improves the underlying cause of the disease. Which is fantastic. That's a huge breakthrough for patients who are looking to actually be normal, you know, not just, you know, feel like they can study or function. So you said to me when we spoke yesterday that's what that what's true for Tourette's is usually true for ADHD also. So it could indicate that, that this is relevant for ADHD. Yeah, there's definitely a link between Tourette's and tics and ADHD, although mm. we do not exactly know how this is linked and why, but what we know is that at least in children, um, up to 50% of children suffering from Tourette's in addition have ADHD. And we also know that um, people with ADHD often suffer from tics, and there's a, definitely a link. And um, what we would like to have is um, a kind of a treatment that improves both symptoms when it co-occurs. And currently, when someone suffers from severe tics and in addition from um, clinically relevant ADHD, we have to use two different treatment strategies. And this increases the chance to develop um, adverse events, and therefore it would be great to have one um, treatment that improves both. Fantastic. So this could lead to an understanding of the underlying causes of conditions like Tourette and ADHD. Yeah, definitely. So what we know is that in both of the, these conditions, the dopaminergic system is involved, although it seems that it's in a different way. So in ADHD, um, we use drugs that increases the dopamine level in the brain to improve symptoms. And in ticks, we do quite the opposite. So we use um, antipsychotics that um, inhibit and decrease the dopaminergic tone in the brain. But um, it's really interesting that um, we have some clinical evidence that cannabinoids might improve ticks and ADHD. And perhaps this is the link and um, the, the, um, the reason why this is so often um, co-occurring in our patients. Okay, yes, really interesting. So why isn't there 
efficacy data already. What, what are the barriers to doing these large-scale clinical trials to test medicines for Tourette's and ADHD in similar conditions? Mm. So currently we have a large clinical trial ongoing. Yep. We use Nabiximols in the treatment of adult patients with Tourette's. Um, the aim in this study is to include 96 patients. Oh, the recruitment is going quite well, so currently 73 patients are already included. And we inspect, expect to um, complete recruitment um, at the beginning of next year. So then we definitely will have a large, well-powered, well-designed clinical trial, and this definitely will bring us a step forward. And the reason why we do not have more clinical trials is quite simple, it's funding. So large, well-designed clinical trials are extremely expensive. So to give you a number, you need, depending on this, the design, the sample size, the number of centers and things like this, but on average I would say you need 1.5 to 3 million euros. Just for um, the studies, yeah, for, for the complete product development, trial, yeah, yeah, so, regulatory approval, etc. Yeah, yeah. So um, this is a huge amount of money. So um, this ongoing trial is um, funded by um, the German um, DFG. Um, so it's an independent um, um, research. How to say it in English? <laughs> um, um, uh, institute. institute, so Sorry. the money comes from our German government. Yep. And um, the substance, Nabiximols, is um, kindly offered by the company GW. Sure. But um, at least in the area of psychiatric diseases, I do not know a study, at least not in Germany, that is completely funded by one of the pharmaceutical companies. Okay. And this is funding is a major issue. Okay. What would you say to doctors and psychiatrists around the world who are considering prescribing cannabinoid medicines, whatever they have available in their pharmacopoeia in their country, for Tourette or for ADHD, when there isn't efficacy data as yet, but there are patients mm -hmm. suffering? Mm -hmm. So it, um, it's, it's a little bit difficult to recommend. So together with the American Association of Tourette's, um, just recently we published a uh, manuscript where we, me and experts from the US, try to come to a common conclusion what to recommend to patients. And what um, I've learned from this process that um, opinions are quite different, and this strongly depends on your clinical experience whether you have used cannabinoids before, yes or no. When you have never used it, and only um, see cannabis as a drug that um, may have a potential for addiction, then you have a completely different opinion compared to those doctors who have already used it. But um, so in my opinion, we should think about using cannabinoids in those patients who are adults and um, who do not benefit from standard treatments, and this includes behavioral therapy and antipsychotics. And um, in those patients, I'm absolutely convinced that we should think about cannabinoids and in why not as a first line yeah because the database is weak at okay. the moment and um, I suggest to definitely think about um, cannabinoids 
before thinking about surgical therapy using the brain stimulation because this is the last treatment option currently we have in Tourette's and I never would decide for the brain stimulation before discussing with the patient the option of, of cannabinoids. And as a first-line therapy, there we have to uh, really we have to say the database is weak. Okay. Um, I only think about this when a patient is coming to me and already uses cannabis for years, and when he reports, this helps me. And this is the aim of my treatment. I want to help him. And when he says this treatment is effective and well tolerated, then I see no reason why to use other drugs to demonstrate that cannabinoids are more effective in this specific patient. And another huge issue in Tourette's is um, because it's a neurodevelopmental disorder, we have to um, think about treatment in children and adolescents. So we did it in very rare, carefully selected cases already. The youngest patient we treated was an eight-year-old boy. But this is very specific and I would say this is really something you have to carefully discuss with the parents because currently we do not know whether this influences the development of the child. Um, but I think when we have robust data that cannabinoids are effective in adults, then we definitely have to think about treating children. And um, it's not only because it may improve tics and symptoms, but um, we also may speculate whether these substances may influence the developing brain in a positive matter. And um, not only reduce symptoms, but um, influence the cause of the disease. But this is only a speculation. We also have to discuss possible side effects, of course. But because treatment strategies at the moment are not excellent for Tourette's, we definitely have to think about new treatment strategies, and cannabinoids are one of these. Okay, um, what about um, uh, the risk of psychosis and schizophrenia? Um, yeah. Is that a major consideration? So in adults, I don't think so. When there's no history um, of psychosis, um, I would say there's no risk at all. And we definitely have to differentiate between schizophrenia and psychosis. Um, you may induce a psychotic episode when you intoxicate a patient or a normal person, then you may in induce this but this is a side effect, this is a symptom of an intoxication and this is completely different from a, a severe psychiatric disease called schizophrenia. Similar to someone being drunk off alcohol, exactly. whereas a small amount exactly. will make them social, a large amount will make them antisocial. Exactly. And um, so in adults I see definitely no um, problem with this. Um, I've never seen a patient who developed a psychosis um, or, or schizophrenic disease um, after um, treatment with um, cannabinoids and in children we do not know we have to admit and um, this is the reason why I think we should start in children only after 
we have robust data in adults. Okay, that's really insightful. Um, and I just wanted to ask you briefly about your talk. Effects of THC, CBD and cannabis are different or all the same? There was something in it about the supply bottlenecks that may occur and it rang true to something a patient said to me yesterday and that they have to call a pharmacy to find out what cannabis products are available before they go to their doctor to get the prescription because if they get the prescription for a product that's sold out they just have to tear up the prescription it was a, a waste of a doctor's visit why is that the situation here it seems i don't know preposterous yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's correct and um, the situation in Germany is that um, all cannabis flowers that are available in German pharmacies have to import, have to be imported, and this comes at the moment from the Netherlands and from Canada. And sometimes there are problems with this process. I do not exactly know why. And okay. um, sometimes um, I've heard that they. Um, did not receive a license or there was um, something wrong with the flowers and the THC or CBD content was different from what they thought and um, therefore we depend on this um, import and when there's no import the flower is not available in the pharmacy that's it okay and um, because the chemovas are so different depending on the content of THC and CBD, we specifically have to write on the prescription what we want to prescribe and with this, when this is not available. In milligrams of THC or so, as, a, yeah. as an actual strain yeah. or product? You can, you can do both. So you can write down a specific strain yeah. and then only this strain is allowed, yeah. but you also can write down um, cannabis flower, THC content 22%, okay. CBD content 1%. Which gives more options for this the patient gives more, when they get more to the options. pharmacy. This is rarely done, but theoretically this is also possible. It makes a pharmacy more like the U.S. dispensaries where there are many different products on, on offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us on Cannabis Radio, Dr. Mueller-Val. It's been really interesting and informative, um, and congratulations on your research, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing the results of your upcoming clinical work. Thank you so much. Yes. It was a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much. expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.